The confident mum decides that while her family is important, so is she. And so it begins. Hi, welcome to the Confident Mum podcast. My name is Olga Uju. I am a wife, a mum, CIPD accredited HR professional and coach. I am so glad that you've joined me on today's episode. It's slightly different to what I've recorded in the past, but very important. And I definitely hope you will enjoy and gain something from it. Thank you. We are listening, we are learning, and we are unlearning. We are listening, we are learning, and we are unlearning. These are some of the statements I've seen on social media pages that are ran by white people and corporations that are predominantly, again, run by white people or have a massive uh, majority of white workers. So what that basically translates to is, okay, maybe we've been naive about racism up until this point, and we now want to see what we can do to help get you know eradicate racism once and for all as a black woman raising black children married to a black man it does offer some hope and it is a different stance than I've ever heard before this is new information it's positive and if used effectively and genuinely it can bring about real change so just to kind of recap the context in which this recent black lives matter um movement has occurred because this has been going on for a long time is as a result of the brutal murder the violent the brutal murder of George Floyd which happened in America last week he was murdered by a police officer police officers are supposed to protect and serve their community they've abused their power and it was obviously a racially motivated um death which you know begs the question as a black person if it had been a black officer doing that to a white person we already know the outcome it wouldn't even have gotten this far but unfortunately black people in America are facing that kind of threat every single day it really is a threat that they are facing every single day and it's easy to think that racism is unique to the US because it's so brutal and overt but it's a global issue unfortunately and very much prevalent here in the UK so burying your head in the sand being naive hoping that racism will go away will no longer wash and it just it's just not good enough anymore so thank you for making the efforts that you're making but um, posting on social media was the easy part very necessary but it was very much the easy part As we all know, action speaks louder than words. And you have to acknowledge, first of all, that you are privileged as a white person and you need to use that privilege for the betterment of everyone. So, um, again, why are we screaming Black Lives Matter here in the UK as loud as they're screaming it in the US? First of all, because we're outraged. Thank um, you know, the positives of social media and video footage is that we can be aware of what's going on globally and we are outraged, we are tired, we are confused. I watched a video of George Floyd's murder and it was the most disturbing eight or nine minutes. Um, it was painful and it 
reduced me to tears and it left me angered, outraged, emotional. And I knew that I obviously have to speak up about this as well. So we are screaming it here in the UK because there is a, there could be a perception that racism doesn't exist here. And that's just not the case. Um, Black people make up 3% of the population and we are in an 80% white majority. But yet nine times more likely to get stopped by police and stop and search black women are five times likely to die during childbirth and we all know that the corona the covid19 was disproportionately affecting ethnic minorities and black people we know that black people over are overrepresented in prisons and in mental health institutions And it's just not only um, in those cases as well, it's also the case in education. You know, this is the confident mum. Many of the people listening in have children and are, yeah, we are, what can we do as a, you know, um, I plan to become a school governor. My daughter starts school in September and I will be challenging the schools and I encourage you to do the same. Are the schools that we send our children to, are they representative um, not only in terms of the class, because again, we're only 3% of the population, so I can't expect every school to have 50-50 in terms of students. But what we can expect and what we should strive to is to have a more representative teaching staff, representation in our children's school libraries and representation in what we're being taught. I feel that black subjects are normally reserved for Black History Month, which is only one month in the year. And even then we're talking about maybe Nelson Mandela for the lucky, but mostly Martin Luther King. And we're quoting things that are very, you know, soft and genuine, amazing quotes, but that's all we're doing. And he was a pioneer definitely for the black movement and the eradication of racism. But he's just one person. We need to look at what other black pioneers are there that our children can relate to. If I wanted to become a scientist tomorrow and I'm a child, are there any black scientists? You know, are there any black people that worked in the math field and agriculture? And there are many. Am I aware of them? Or is it every time I'm studying, it's only white pioneers that were studying time and time again which is invariably reinforcing white superiority what we're saying through our education system is that white people are the ones that hold the power white people are the ones that are in government white people are the police officers and the lawyers and the ceos and entrepreneurs and the scientists and you know and we're just reinforcing it saying that we're an inferior race So we have to kind of debunk the school system and try and find out where we can as governors, as parents, challenge the curriculum or bring suggestions in as to how we can diversify our child's education. Ultimately, it starts at home. Everything starts at home. So we can obviously buy the books and have the conversations that should be had because it would be, again, another illusion to assume that your children aren't aware of the differences between them and other children in their classes my daughter is in nursery and I aged three she was asking me why her skin tone is darker than others why her hair is a bit different and they too were asking her oh you've got this kind of like you know crazy curly hair which they meant in such an innocent manner but 
you know, she came home and wondered why her hair wasn't straight and long. And actually, when we do straighten our hair, it is actually really long. So it's just things like that that are making me very aware. And the reason why I chose her primary school was because it was very racially diverse, the most diverse school I could find. And I didn't want her to get lost in, um, just to feel lost. But more importantly than that is looking at the curriculum as well. And that's definitely where we can lend our parenting voices in that. So joining parenting committees, um, school governors, looking at school diversity, teacher training. If we become a governor, can we look at the way teachers are trained? It's more... At this point, we have to look at more than being able to teach a subject. Do, does the teacher hold any internal biases? Because I know for a fact that many teachers have been guilty of labelling students incorrectly, whether they're labelling them as failures or they're labelling them as, you know, they're not going to make it or this is going to happen or they shouldn't aim high or they shouldn't be as ambitious. Then that is something that we need to really be aware of as well. So we just need to look at all that in, um, and put that into context as well. We can also look at, you know, I've mentioned some statistics and the reality is that it's also the case in leisure industries. You know, we've been talking forever about stamping out racism in football. Every other year I hear about this stamp out racism in football, which the UK is a footballing nation and we love football. But yet there are still monkey chanting. There are still bananas being thrown on the pitches in 2020, 2019. These things are still happening. But it's so embedded in the culture of football that it seems like we just kind of become immune to it. And it's not good enough. Nightclubs also have been accused in central London of turning away black people, black um, club goers for being black. So there are so many instances where racial injustice still occurs the workplace the pay gap between black and white people is so vast it is incredible and this is why sometimes during things like international women's day and during the women's march i do kind of cringe and i think these marches are ultimately in favor of the white people white women once they benefit from the pay um scale readjustment it normally just will benefit them and black people won't get the pay rises that they also marched along with you to have so you need to be an advocate for pay um for not just for yourself but for everyone for black people as well that's another way so being an advocate speaking up um making sure that anything you're fighting for that you consider could it how would it affect black people as well and in it's just a case of doing those things and making sure that ultimately we're following through because you know there's other stereotypes and labels that we have as well angry black woman big black man you know violent thug these are all perpetuated in the media um it's not always about white media as well there are some movies that as a black community we can look at and find out what kind of movies are we putting out that reinforces this stereotype that black people are criminals drugs um or all and similarly are we only entertainers are we only footballers are we only musicians these are things that we need to look at we're so much more and we're a lot more diverse than that as well i think the final point i need to make is about actually looking within yourself and seeing what internal biases that you have and 
how you can confront your racist family members, friends, colleagues. You know, it's not going to be easy, but are you prepared to have the difficult conversations that are going to come along with listening, learning and unlearning? And in order for real change to prevail, then it's going to be something that you're actually going to have to do. So confrontation, being an advocate, voting is the political party that you vote for. Are they a party that represents the wider community or are they just in favour of certain policies that are going to reinforce institutional racism? Who are our politicians? Who are our mayors and our governors? Can we What other new petitions can we start that are going to really advocate for the wider community? So there's a lot of work to do. Um, as a black people, we need to continue to speak up. But the message from us, again, is that we're tired and white people are aware of the institutional racism. And it's up to them to now really help us and help, you know, and to sorry, to unite and then help so that we can make lasting changes. But I will still encourage us as a black community to continue to speak up, to speak out, to get our vo- voices heard. Another hashtag I'm seeing is amplifying melented voices. So let's use this opportunity to say what it is that we've been holding back on saying or haven't been saying, you know. So, you know, it's just signing petitions, voting, advocating for us, supporting our charities, supporting our artwork, supporting our restaurants and our black businesses where you can, um, and just making sure that anything that you are absorbing from the media, which is very, very toxic at the moment, you know, you're just taking it in with a pinch of salt and doing your own work. So I hope this has helped. This has just been something that I wanted to um, share and address. And I will be doing more of these. But another thing, the final conclusion is it's not enough to say you don't see colour or I'm not racist. You have to become anti-racist. And when you say you don't see colour, it means that you don't see us, but we're here. The first thing that people notice about black people is the fact that they are black. (laughs) Do you understand? So continue to listen continue to learn and continue to unlearn. But most importantly, please take action. Thank you.